we just need to stay in this place of worship, this place of ministering to the Lord. I'm just going to have Daniel continue to play. And what we felt like the Lord highlighting tonight was very similar to last week. The place of prayer, the importance of prayer. What it means to wait upon the Lord. And so we're just going to have Steve come up and share and then Anna, if you'll go after him and Tracy, you go after him. But is it okay if we just play behind you and keep this atmosphere going? if you can just increase the light right here at the at the front that'd be awesome yes Steve just Steve um, so we, we felt like this this theme of how in, of the importance of prayer and and we're longing for a greater revelation of it and, and I'm longing that God turns us in to a people that when we call the prayer meeting it's bigger than the conference and Mike alluded to that a little bit on Sunday. Not out of a place of trying to get people into a building, but because we have such an understanding that God moves at the sound of our voice. We have such an understanding that we are shaped and formed into his image in the place of prayer. We have such an understanding that the spirit of grace and revelation and power and truth flow when we gather together as a people and ask him to do the things that he actually wants to do. So in this tonight, we just felt like, let's just talk about prayer. Let's talk about waiting on God. Let's talk about doing this. From We're going to share some testimony. And then, and then we're just going to get into groups again. We're going to do it again. But the most important thing we can do one of the most important things in the kingdom we can do is to commune with the Lord and to enter into that place of prayer. So Steve was sharing on this on Sunday. We were in the prayer room. We were praying for the service. And he had this revelation that had, had woken you up or kind of had kept you up all night. Yeah. And so I'm going to just take the next five minutes and tell us what the Lord was doing in your heart. Well, for those of... Those of you who know me, I've had a love affair with the Hebrew language going for 30 years now. And I love it because of the things it reveals. And I was thinking on the way here, how do I explain this in five minutes? The congregation I led always felt cheated if I sat down before an hour. But I'll make sure I've got five minutes here. <laughs> so I'm going to steal something from Leif Hetland tonight. Imagine his three chairs. I love Leif. He's one of the few people I can walk up to and say, Leif, Yegville Yarna Hanoa Cafe. If you grew up in Minneapolis, you have to speak a little Norwegian. So imagine his three chairs here. And the picture that I've had for years of waiting on God is that I'm in this chair, chair number one. He's over in chair number three. And someday we're going to get together in chair number two, when he answers my prayer. 
So he led me to Isaiah 40. How many of us know this text by heart? And I'm going to start out back a little ways. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God? Have you ever felt that way, waiting for an answer to prayer? You're in chair one, he's in chair three. When are you going to get together? But at the conclusion of that passage, it says, Even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted, but they who wait for the Lord, what? Shall renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings like eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. And I was thinking, okay, is there something wrong with me? Because there's how many of us have things we've been praying for for years? What he revealed to me is that waiting is a very holy moment. The word wait is based on the Hebrew verb kava. Can you say kava? Kava. The first place it shows up, when the first places it shows up, is with an M sound on front. What's cool about Hebrew, it's a verbal language. You want a noun, you noun the verb. So you put an M sound on front and it becomes a noun. Mikvah. That thing over there in the corner that's filled with water sometimes that we put people in, in Hebrew that's called a mikvah. It's a gathering of waters. It's a collection of waters. It's a binding together of water. And in Hebrew, you never have water in the singular. It's always plural. You can't have a water. It's always waters. So I started digging in, and here's what I found out. Wait. The root meaning is to bind together like the twisting of a rope. So next time you have a rope in your hand, look at all the strands that go together into that cord. And what Isaiah 40 is saying at the end of that chapter is that when you're waiting on him, you are binding yourself to him. It's not that you're in chair one and he's in chair three. Both of you are together in chair two. And you are uniting with him, binding yourself to him, tying yourself to him. Ecclesiastes, the three-strand cord is not easily broken. We're wound together with the Father. He's waiting with us in chair two for the right time, the right circumstance, the collection of everything that's necessary to bring about the best good for you in that situation. So while we're waiting, we're not alone. We are together. We are in a set-apart place. It's a holy time because we are tied together with him. here because I need my Bible. Can we just thank the Lord for a minute? I just want to thank him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, we love you. Father, thank you. Holy Spirit, thank you for your presence.
Father, we're so thankful that you're pouring out your spirit over your sons and daughters right now. We desire and we hunger and we thirst for more. But we want to say thank you. Thank you, Abba, Daddy. You are so faithful. You are so trustworthy. You are unfailing, Father. Thank you for a house that hears your voice. Thank you for a church family, Lord, that cries out for you, for your presence. Thank you, Father. Um, as I was praying today and asking the Lord, what do you want to say? What are you saying, Father? It's a good question to ask him, by the way. Um, there's testimonies of prayer, um, but I felt like I wanted to just focus on two things that he was highlighting just in scripture because in my life um, I, I know that I only have the testimonies because of his word of his promises of being grounded in what he says so and also I felt like there's a feeling of weariness I think it's all around us um, but even what Daniel was prophesying over us um, that, that's what he's saying. He is so pleased with us as we declare and we worship and we say with our mouths tonight, even in worship, that all we want is him. That we want to be devoted. And so that's really in line with what I was hearing earlier today. Um, and just this, I felt like the Father was exhorting us today in the season to desire wholehearted devotion devoted prayer and so I love that word um, wholehearted a couple months ago as we were doing one of the fasts that Greek word means to empty ourselves out and to be filled with him and so as you look at that at your life that has really stayed with me and just um, asking the Lord do I have wholehearted devotion to you Lord because that means that I have to empty myself of everything that is me and ask him to fill me with him. And so I feel like he's exhorting us tonight and saying, son, daughter, I am calling you. There's grace to have wholehearted, devoted prayer, prayer life in these days. And all that that requires is we come to him and we say, I empty myself. I ask you to fill me. And so um, that was one of the things. Um, I, I also thought of Jesus that when he came just in the season, he completely revolutionized and transformed the way prayer was looked at in the Jewish culture. It was very religious and very structured, right? There was a certain way to do it. And when Jesus came, he demonstrated to us that it is not a to-do. It's a relationship. It's being face-to-face -face with God. So something that 
And he constantly exhorted his disciples to don't do that. Don't just do it because you have to. So I want to encourage us that as we go to prayer, when, I, when you think, don't hear that he's saying, I want you to do another thing. He, all that he wants is for you to come to him, and he promises to fill you, to come and meet you, to be face-to-face with you, to pour out every good thing that we have promised through Christ Jesus. And in thinking of wholehearted devotion, Marcus doesn't know this, he was praying this earlier, but I think of Simeon and Anna, and we find them a very short, but in a short moment there before Jesus is born, but I also feel like the Lord is calling us out. He's saying, devote your life to me in prayer. Anna and Simeon were They were two people that gave their life, devoted to prayer, and they were able, the Lord used them to usher in the Savior of the world, the Messiah, God incarnate. He used this widow and this both elderly to usher in the Savior of the world. And I I feel like he's saying to us tonight in this season, if you're willing There's so much more. There's so much more that we have power to usher in as we position ourselves in that place. And just to end, um, in that place, we want to persevere. I kept hearing him say, I'm calling you to persevering type of prayer. So this is past our ability. This is past our desires and our wants, right? And in perseverance in the Greek means... um, to have an urgency and a boldness. And I love that word. Is that not indicative of our times right now? We need an urgency. We need a boldness in prayer. Our world, we need to confess every moment that we need Jesus, only Jesus. It is only Jesus that will save you know, this generation even that can turn things around, that can bring revival and renewal to the church and to this dark world. And so this word of perseverance in a devoted, wholehearted place of prayer, moving past into perseverance is what um, I feel like the Lord is saying. And when I think of perseverance, I Luke 18 came to mind of the widow that um, you guys probably know. I won't read it. I'm going to read a different one. But Jesus is teaching about the parable of the persistent widow. Um, And I love it because this woman would not give up. Again, I feel like the Lord is saying, don't give up. I know that you're praying for things just like um, we were just talking about. And you, all of us have something, and the Lord is saying, don't give up, persevere, be like this woman that would not give up, and the judge that was evil, even, even he answered her. And so Jesus is teaching us here in Luke 18, read it later, how to pray, how to persevere, never give up. But I'm, what I'm going to read is Luke 11 in closing, verse 5, and I'm going to read out the NLT. And this is Jesus, again, I love when Jesus is teaching us anything. We've got to pay attention. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay, come on. <laughs> okay, it's the Luke eleven five. It says, then teaching them more about prayer. It's talking about Jesus. He used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight 
wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me. The door is locked for the night and my family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for a friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. Is that not funny? I love this story. Jesus is hilarious. He has a great sense of humor. He's, he's exhorting them. He's teaching them. This is how you pray. Don't give up. And verse 9, here's where he kind of explains it more. And Jesus says, and so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. This is a promise from our Jesus. Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Amen. So, Jesus, we just thank you. Um, as I was thinking about what we have access to and the benefits in my life of prayer, these I just wrote these down. And so, Jesus, we thank you, God, that as we position ourselves in humility, God, that we have access to relationship through prayer, that we learn your voice in prayer, God, that we grow in intimacy, communion, your presence, authority. We have union in you in prayer. We gain power and wisdom and revelation this is where we can proclaim and declare and have agreement with prophetic words and promises over our lives and others. This is a place where we can praise you and give you thanksgiving and even worship you. So God, I ask you for that grace that I kept hearing you affirm me today, saying, Anna, tell them that there's grace. There's grace in this season to live a life of wholehearted devotion and prayer and perseverance. I ask you, Holy Spirit, right now to reveal to every single one of us of what that looks like and what that can look like. We want more of you, Jesus. You are our first love. There is no one like you. In Jesus' name. been in this place the last uh, couple of weeks 
I've been going back through some of my the prophetic words that I've written down that the Lord's spoken to me, even some words that others have prophesied to me, over me. And as I visited uh, many of these words and I started to read, I started to look at how many had actually manifested and, actually, and how many had not. I can, uh, I can honestly say that the number that have not come is is much, much greater than those that have come to pass. And I, I feel like, I mean, I, like, even as Anna mentioned, that just she it was on her heart, and we didn't share in the back room anything that the Lord, like she didn't share that, I don't think, in the back room, but I, I feel the exact same way that, that there's been words that have been spoken over your life, prophesied to you that have not yet come to pass. Maybe it's the promises of God right in the book that he authored. Maybe it's those promises. There's over 7,000. Maybe it's something you're believing in that the Lord put on your heart. And I believe like in the weariness, like there's something that happens in the process that diminishes hope. Like hope deferred. (laughs) Right? Hope deferred makes the, the heart grow nearer to God. That's that seeking. Um, and I actually ask God, it's okay, you know, it's okay to ask God. To say, God, didn't you say, God, did, this is what you said. This is what you spoke over me. It's okay to go back and ask God questions. <laughs> I do it all the time. And it's not a bad thing. In fact, if you weren't, if you aren't doing that, I'd be, I'm more worried than if you are. Because if he spoke it, that means he started it. And if he started it, his word says that he's good and faithful to finish that which he started. So it's okay to go back to him and say, God, but God, but God, this is what you spoke. And as I went down this uh, path, I kind of went back. I stumbled across an old um, kind of a, as we were talking about just prayer tonight, my heart kind of went back to a, kind of just prayer models and some, I have kind of all my stuff's in folders, but I had something in there under prayer models and I'm not, but everything we've been talking about, I don't want to go to a three-step process or any of that tonight. That's not my, that's not my heart. But, but some of the things that have been on Mike's heart and that, that Marcus has been talking about and even what just Anna was talking about and once again, I had no idea you were going to go to Matthew 7, 7. That, that's the prayer model. One of the many. I mean, there's so many out there. But And and it, it took me back. And as we've been praying, even for Tim Brown, um, I wasn't there the, the first time, but uh, the, the second time and the third time, Marcus and uh, Mike and myself went to the hospital to pray for, uh, for Tim. But... Um, Maybe I'll just kind of reveal it this way. So seek, ask, knock. Hope, faith, love. Think about seek, ask, knock. Maybe aligning with hope, faith, and love. 
for seeking, when we seek, it's almost like when we seek, when we pray, we get ministered to way more than whatever we're praying for. Anybody else feel like that? Or maybe it's just me. <laughs> I feel like when I go into prayer deep, it reveals more about the, the heart of the Father and how where I'm at in my own heart condition and how it ministers to me and ministers to my heart than anything that could even be answered or even in ministry as I pray for people or prophesy or whatever it may be. I'm like, people are like amazed or they're like, oh, thank you so much. I'm like, as much as you feel like you got out of that or you feel like the Lord touched you, I can assure you I got like 10 times more. <laughs> there's just things that God reveals in those moments. So as we seek, there's hope, right? Because we're seeking. And it really reveals the condition of our heart as well. And the condition of our heart really comes around like where our, our heart is for worship, where our heart condition really is from a place of worship. And it reveals the nature of God. And this is this place, even as I read, it was interesting, uh, Mike's email today, you know, he was talking about sur- surrender and coming into this place of humility, coming to this place of yielding and worship and praise and and uh, all of these things that he mentioned, I think he had a, a string of them, Mike. I can't remember all of them. But this is where the seeking comes, right? This is that first step to seek the Lord, to seek his heart, to seek, it, seek his, his heart and what he wants in this, in this moment of prayer. And this is just very practical maybe thinking, but I just want to share it, and it's just kind of been on my heart. And some of this, I, it's not even in here. I'm just speaking what maybe the Lord is speaking even in this moment. Then there comes the ask, right? And this is where faith takes place, right? This is that hope, faith, love, seek, ask, knock. This is where faith arises in us. After we've been seeking the Lord, it's time to ask, right? Faith arises, faith builds up inside of us, and it really reveals the acts of God. This is where the acts of God are on display, or they become... They're laid out on display. And speaking of heart condition in the seeking and the hope, this asking and the faith now reveal this heart position. Where's our motive? Where's the motive in our heart? And I mean, you've heard it a million times probably, but man, when you come in a heart position of purity with no, no, no position um, no posturing in the world or of man or of, of, of ill content or of personal promotion or all the things we know to be true that, that our, flesh, um, our flesh can sometimes take over or, or interject or, or conflict with where we're going in prayer. But this is that boldness that he also talks about when we come boldly to the throne of grace. We come boldly to him in faith. And here's that waiting and that patience. This is that divine tension that we feel in between the seeking and the asking, right? The hope and the faith, the heart condition and the heart position. Now it's there's this waiting moment, this patience that we've been talking about. Even as Mike wrote it in the, the email today, it was just it just was revealed in my heart that this is waiting and this patience. And I'm not a good waiter. <laughs> 
first guy to raise my hand. I'm still working on patience. I'm a work in progress. And this goes back to where I really began in this whole process of, man, why all the words that so many, the great majority of them have not come to pass yet. But I'm going to go back and I'm going to read them. I'm going to continue to prophesy them. I'm going to continue over myself. I'm going to continue to speak them into my own life, into my family's life for an inheritance, for a legacy to be left. I'm going to continue to hold on to those words. Don't lose heart in the, in the process, guys. And then there's the knock. This is love. Faith, hope, love. This is the invitation. This is next level stuff. This is where the invitation, like Revelation 4, 5. Come up here. This is the personal invitation. When you have that bold faith and you step in, right, now you have, now you're gaining access to another level to where you can gain access from the throne room. Go to the courtrooms of heaven in prayer, interceding, contending, championing those around you, those that you're praying for. But this is next level. This doesn't happen for everyone. I know many of us here, I'm not preaching to the choir here because so many of us have been there where we're in. This is that next level. This is a glory to glory moment. This is where we're invited into the Holy of Holies, into those places, the secret heart place of the Father God. This is where we gain access and we get words that nobody else can get. The church in general doesn't get, it rarely can get to this place of invitation where we're, we're able to go up to that second or third heaven. We can always war in the second heaven. I think we talked about that too, but, but even to the, into the third heaven, right? Or into the throne room, into the places that, that we need the invitation to, to to allow us to have access. This is where power and authority take place. This is where next level is. I'm just reading a couple notes. We visit heaven. We have divine encounters. This is the divine appointment. As we were um, praying for Tim, um, we prayed. I think we went the second time. And then uh, the day after, uh, I was with Mike on that Monday. That would have been last Monday. He says, I feel like we're supposed to go a third time. And that resonated in my heart. I'm like, I believe so as well. And, um, and, and I pondered that. And, and then as Monday went on and Tuesday went on and we were fasting, right, and everyone was pressing in for what kind of was to come next on different levels, not just Tim. But I kept hearing the number 15, actually. <laughs> and I, I shared that with Marcus and Mike when, when uh, on Thursday, Mike said, hey, let's, let's, I think we're supposed to go up the third time and pray for Tim. I was here in 15, but this thing, this number three continued to, uh, in our heart. And it took me to 2 Kings. And as I read 2 Kings a Thursday morning, this is what, I'm, I'll read the scripture and then I'll, I'll share what the Lord spoke to my heart. And what I shared with Mike and Marcus as we walked into prayer on Thursday night to pray and lay hands on Tim. 2 Kings 20, verse 5. And I'll kind of go just 5 and 6 maybe. Just two, 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 two verses here. Go back and tell Hezekiah, the ruler of my people. This is what the Lord, the God of your father David says. I have heard your prayer. 
and I have seen your tears. I want to hit a pause button really quick there. I shared this in the back room. This has been on my heart as well. We can pray from a place of empathy, but empathy only gives us, uh, reveals like a, a relationship. It only reveals a relationship to who maybe you're praying for, what you're praying for, or what you're praying into. But when we pray from a place of compassion, we gain access. This is that access. This is that, that, that knock where, hey, come up here. <laughs> I want to show you what's to uh, take place next. I'm going to allow you to see some things that other people aren't allowed to see. I trust you, my son. I trust you, my daughter. Your prayer, I have seen your tears. I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. And I will heal you. On the third day from now, you will go up to the temple of the Lord. And as soon as I read that Thursday morning, the Lord said, on the third day, from Thursday, on the third day, he will heal. He will heal Tim. This is, I just felt this so strongly in my spirit. Going on to six, he says, uh, I will add 15 years. Here's that number 15 that I've been hearing all the way through the fast on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Just 15, 15. And it wasn't until Thursday morning I read this scripture, scripture that I saw both 3 and 15 revealed. And I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king. Now, this is the sickness probably over Tim. He goes on to say it's about a city. I believe that so in my heart, and I prophesied it over Tim on Thursday night. And I don't know how many of you have an update. I got the mic, the, the update from Mike on uh, Monday, a couple days ago. But he got an update, and everything had started to shift on Sunday on the third day. And his oxygen levels that were flowing, I think were 80, 90% going into Sunday, but they dropped to 70 and then to 60. And now they're down to where they're ready to pull him off of oxygen. <laughs> I'm not sure what level, I, correct me. I don't want to put words in. I'm not, I'm not sure exactly what, what the doctor said, but, but he's, he's reduced to a level now where they, they can pull him off of, of manual oxygen. But the turn or the, that, that took place was on Sunday. All this to say, here we've been praying for Tim. He's been in the hospital for two weeks. And Tim or, or Mike will share more about what the doctor spoke the first night that Marcus and he walked into the room. He basically said, I've got nothing else. We've done everything that medicine can do. We can do everything that man and the wisdom of man has said that we can do. Your prayers, basically, is what the doctor told them was, your prayers are way more powerful than anything else that could possibly take place for me as a doctor. And this is a believing doctor, by the way. That's where we started with Tim. <laughs> wow. But when we continue to intercede, we continue to pray, we seek, we ask, and we knock. Even getting that to that third level, right, that ask, that come up here, let me show you something, let me give you a word, let me speak something to you that I haven't spoke to anybody else. On the third day, he will come back to life. I will give him 15 more years. So, Lord, we do. We just thank you. God, I thank you that you're still in the business of answering prayers. <laughs> and in the process, Lord, Your nature and your acts, Lord, are revealed. And our heart condition and heart position, God, 
minister, almost like a self-ministering process, Lord. I thank you that, God, you reveal to us where we're at, who we are, whose we are, revealing more of who you are in the midst of prayer, Lord. And it's all about Jesus. I love what Anna shared. God, I just thank you. Without Jesus, the intercessor, the one that says, ask whatever you will in my name, and I will go and bid your prayer to the Father on your behalf. I will intercede for you. So, Lord, I do. I thank you. Jesus, we thank you that whatever we ask, God, you petition and intercede to the Father on the behalf of our prayers. So, God, we pour them out. And we continue to pour them out. And we don't fall short. We don't grow weary, Lord. We allow you to give us strength in the middle of the prayer, Lord. And we allow ourselves, Lord, to go there with you to a deeper place of understanding, Lord, of who we are and whose we are and who you are, God, in our prayer. I just release that right now over a people, Lord, that may have grown weary, that may have gone gone faint in the process of praying, Lord, that have maybe fallen short or have just lost hope, Lord, in words that have been prayed over them and prophecies that maybe have been spoken over them or there for your very word, Lord, that they have read. I thank you that all of it, God, that your manifest presence, Lord, and the manifestation of those prayers, God, would come to pass in the mighty loving name of Jesus. Amen. All right, so we've talked about prayer a lot. <laughs> let's uh, let's pray. Amen. So we're gonna get into groups, and uh, Luna, if you could turn the house lights on a little bit more. And I want to encourage you guys to take those prayers that you have been crying out for in a regular way and and either bring it to the group and intercede for that my the other thing that I'm all, that I'm also feeling is just praying for one another in the group strength to remain or strength to recommit to a lifestyle of prayer before the Lord our prayer lives they're empowered by the holy spirit they're not something we we agree with him but we can ask for strength Strength to wait on the Lord. Strength to remain or to restart in the place of prayer. And I know that's where I start most often. Holy Spirit, empower me. Holy Spirit, strengthen me. Holy Spirit, give me clarity and wisdom to choose this today and tomorrow and the next day. Amen? Amen. Awesome. want to bring it full circle real quick and just so as we as we pray I just feel it says the prayers of a righteous man are are powerful and effective and and I think sometimes I, I just if we don't get into that place of waiting upon him a lot of times our our prayers the other side of that is our prayers are actually ineffective and, and so before we just dive into praying into things there is a persistence and that is so key 
but there's also a place of, and I just want to kind of go back to the very beginning of what Steve spoke into of that, uh, of that interweaving yourself, of that basically taking your strand and, and weaving it with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit, with the Father, that you would, that actually you would be one. It's the very thing that Jesus praises that we would be one. But there's, I just want you to hear these verses and then let's jump in. But my, my thing that I want to make sure we walk away with in all of this is that we align ourselves with him. As we do that, there's an effectiveness that comes. There's a power that comes in the way we live our lives and in how we pray. Colossians 1.10 says this. It says, I, we pray, this is Paul saying this, we pray that you would walk in the ways of true righteousness, pleasing God in every good thing that you do. So this is that the prayer of the righteous man is availeth much or is powerful and effective. So he's saying, walk in true righteousness, pleasing God in everything you do. It says then, out of this, so you step into that place of walking in that place of righteousness. It says then you'll become fruit-bearing branches, yielding to his life and maturing in the rich experience of knowing God in his fullness. You get the if-then. There is an if-then. I think every, like, sometimes it's just, oh, we just keep praying or we just pray, and why aren't our prayers working? Because we're not waiting upon the Lord. We're not interweaving our lives with his. He says, he says this, if you don't abide in me, you got nothing. <laughs> so you can pray all you want. If you do not abide in him, you're wasting your time. <laughs> now, prayer brings you into that abiding, but, but when you're just when you're trying to accomplish things and you're not abiding in him, it all comes out of that place. This is the other thing I just want you to hear. He says this. He says, I'm the sprouting vine. You're the branches. If you live in union with me as your source, then fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separate from me, you're powerless. If a person is separated from me, he's discarded. Such branches are gathered up. They're thrown into the fire to be burned. But if you live in life union with me, this is the waiting, kava. If you live in kava with me, and if my words live powerfully within you, then you can ask whatever you desire, and it will be done. You can pray into things. And your prayers will be effective. They will be powerful. When your lives bear abundant fruit, you demonstrate that you are my mature disciples who glorify my Father. When we step into that place of authority, and, and actually there's fruit, it glorifies the Father. And then catch this last part. He says this. This is Jesus. He says, I love each of you with the same love that the Father loves me. So the Father loves him with a love that is so powerful that this is the same love that he loves us with. And what does he do with that love? 
He dies on a cross. He gives everything out of love. It says this is love, that the Father would give the Son, that he would be the atoning sacrifice. That's the love. And then if you skip down just a few verses, it says, for the greatest love of all is a love that sacrifices all. This is the great love that is demonstrated when a person sacrifices his life for his family. The word there is friends. It's always translated friends, but in the, in the Aramaic, that word actually means family, not friends. So when you read it, it says, for the greatest love of all is a love that sacrifices all. And this great love is demonstrated when a person sacrifices his love for his family. So, I could go on, but I won't. We need to pray. Can you guys stand up? Let's, uh, I just feel, let's, as we gather together, let's just, we're going to spend 20 minutes here just praying together. And just, I think, pray into this before you actually even ask for the things that you're desiring and press into those things, ask for that union with him. Ask for that kava union, life with him in the waiting. And, and it's an active waiting. It's, I, just, I know when we say waiting, like the, the world's tr- version of waiting is, <laughs> that's not the waiting. This is a pressing in waiting. This is a persevere waiting. This is the persistent widow waiting. So we're persevering. We're pressing into him. We're, we're asking. We're seeking. We're knocking. That's the waiting that we're doing as we're intertwining our lives with him. If we don't have that peace, we're powerless. We're, we're, we're going to do nothing. We're going to accomplish nothing. And, and just saying we're a Christian does not put us in that place of abiding in him. He actually requires that, like, that life of living in him. It requires that radical obedience to him. That we lay it all down. The greatest, this is love. (laughs) That we would surrender it all. That we would lay down our lives. So, Lord, I just pray right now. As we gather together, Lord, teach us. Lord, how how to... draw near to you, how to wait upon you, how to put our hope in you, how to put our strength in you, how to seek you, how to yoke with you, how to come into you, how to live a life that is in and through you by your spirit. Lord, teach us this, Lord, that we would lay down everything else, that we would lay down all the other stuff that's, that, that so easily entangles us and, and holds us back, the weights, the, the stuff that is not of you, would help us to remove those things and that we would truly come into life union with you, that we would be your branches, a branch that is connected to the vine, that is kavad to the vine. Lord, teach us this. And I pray that as we, as we gather in, that we pray over each other, that we encourage each other, we strengthen each other. And then we begin to see the very things, the promises of God, those very things, they begin to come into effect because we've come into an alignment with you. We've come into that life union with you. We've waited upon you in Jesus' name.